yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar? I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HCCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. Yeah, and who the ball? So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he going to teach a lesson. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. My team is on the road. They was on assignment. They were getting in so you can get all your extra news and feeds as we get it done this morning. With that being said, welcome, welcome to episode 178 of Inside the HBC Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dot as for all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small from NAIA to the NCAA we sh- we are sharing insights and information on the HBCU sports culture HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports looks like Jackson State is well into taking care of business. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Caville, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios, or on the road, I should say, as I'm in my home studios, getting it done in so many different ways, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Mike is on the road. Charles, as you know, is in Memphis. Mike, where are you at? Where are you this morning? Oh, you look like you made it back home too. Yeah, I got I got back home really late. Georgetown, Texas. So had a chance yes, to catch up on some of the activity last uh last night and early this morning. No problem. Charles, how are you doing up there in Memphis? I see you uh, got your folks all trying to be on the show with you. Yeah, I know. Uh, people speaking to me as uh, as uh they walk by going to the catch these flights back to Jackson. <laughs> but, I heard uh, some folks say they wanted to know the score and other folks, you know, congratulating you. How's it feel, man? I'm doing phenomenal. Hello to all the non-believers this morning. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I see you on that one. Well, here's the cigars. We'll go into a little deeper than that. Uh, But here's the cigars for all those folks that got the big wins yesterday. You know, we'll get right into it in so many different ways. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Um, We just seen it get done in so many different ways. Let me just jump off the spot as we talked about. Uh, I know some folks were on the ledge kind of early. Maybe Jack State a little bit, but I saw at, at half, FAMU, Fort Valley State was 7-7. I saw Miles College, the Golden Bears, were even leading Southern University uh, at the half. But they pulled it out and won big time. So let me go over some scores. And as I do that, talk about getting in here. I just want to give you some information about your ability in terms of your slow burn, what you can get done in doing that some way. So as I get in here, let me just break them down real quick. Starting with the Thursday games, Benedict defeated Edward Waters, really transferred 44-3. Uh, you had Duke over A&T, 45-17. A&T hung early, but Duke really pulled it out late. West Alabama defeats Tuskegee 33-7. Bowie State gets a big win over Saginaw Valley State as they bounce back 28-19. You have Florida Memorial losing to Cumberland 56-12. You have Kentucky State losing a close one to Kentucky Westland 26-25. Central State got it done over Lincoln, Pennsylvania. That's a CIAA over a, I mean, a SIEC over the CIAA 19-7. You have Virginia State losing a close one, a tough one to Ohio Dominican. Uh, that was 10 to 7. Shawan out of the CIAA gets a big non-conference win over Tuscaloosa, 
46 to 38. It was in overtime. Alabama State goes down to Auburn as expected. Shut out in this case, though, 62 to 0. You had Norfolk State losing to Wake Forest, 41 to 16. You had Delaware State losing a close one that they dominated in so many different ways. Allowed to get to overtime and couldn't get it done as they lose to Georgetown 20 to 14. You had Lane taking care of business in Atlanta against Clark Atlanta 35 to 26. Mm. South Carolina <laughs> State loses to Clemson 49 to 3. Uh, the State takes care of Virginia Union 51 to 7, really dominating that contest. That is an interesting matchup in terms of Albany State next weekend, just to put that out there. You've all corn state gets a big non-conference win over Northwest State. Northwestern State has to come from behind, but the last drive of 90 plus yards and a couple of key defensive stops, including an interception when Northwestern State was trying to see if they could go for the time field goal or take the win. Um, they get it done. The Braves bounce back and they said not so fast as you try to put the dirt on them. They win 13 to 10. You have Texas Southern getting dominated by Baylor, as you would expect, 66 to 7. Uh, Langston gets it done in a conference game against Texas College, 44-6. Southern does really push out Miles, 41-24. Mm. Grambling gets shut out by Southern Miss, 37-0. Jackson State takes care of business against Tennessee State in the Southern Heritage Classic. Many people watch that. Certainly those in the crowd, great crowd, just under 50,000, 38-16 with that contest. Jackson State pulls out all the stops in the second half and really gets it done. Morgan State loses to Tulane, 69 to 20. Shaw has a close loss to the FCS member Davidson, 28 to 26. Allen sneaks up and gets a win for the SIC as a new member over CIAA Fold Johnson C. Smith, 20 to 19. Got a message from the commissioner. He was excited about that move. Savannah State bounces back and does what they need to do against Livingston. Another SIEC over CIAA. Looks like the SIEC is back in the football business as compared to the CIAA, 50-6. Morehouse does get shut out, 47-0 against West Georgia. Fayetteville State, we were looking at this matchup. Didn't go well for Fayetteville State as they get dominated in a lot of ways by Wingate, 40-21. It was on the road. Marshall does what they're supposed to do against North Carolina Central, 44-10. Another intriguing non-conference game against Southland as Incarnate Word shows up and shows out. They are at home and defeat Prairie View, 40-9. Albany State continues to do what they're supposed to do. They defeat Shorter, 28-12. When some Salem State loses to Chattawawa, 28-6. Howard gets shut out to Maryland. That's the BCS. Power 5 team, 62-0. You know, Henry Frazier III is working over there as a playing op, so interesting to see what goes on there. Hampton loses to Old Dominion, 47-7, FBS-FCS matchup. The uh, Livingstone-St. Augustine game was canceled as we start to close up here. Central Florida, FBS over FCS, Bethune-Cookman, uh, they win 63-14. FAMU. Defeats Fort Valley State 34-7. Let me go with you, Charles, as you're trying to get in here and get some time on the clock. Anything stand out to you? Any comments that you have just in general uh, as we started off this morning? Yeah, I mean, I, I know we're going to talk a little bit about Jackson State, Tennessee State, but it's those uh, SIAC SWAT games that always intrigue me. And if you remember that that scene from, from Rocky uh, when Tony told Apollo Creed, hey, man, you don't want these problems with these uh, with the, uh, with the Rocky Balboa. That's the way I kind of look at these swag SIAC games. Um, I you know I I kept an eye, a watchful eye on Miles and Southern, and Southern did you know stretch things out, but that thing there I was looking like ooh for a second or two. Same Bell and FAMU. So you know those those SIAC uh, swag matchups are very intriguing matchups. We've seen. The SIAC pull a couple of them out, uh, especially against Jackson State uh, in years prior. So those are uh, very interesting matchups. And, and in a lot of ways, they expose your weaknesses. So uh, I Ooh, think you know, in, in some ways way that happens. Yes, indeed. 
Let me go to you, Mike, and see if you have any major thoughts in terms of what transpired uh, based on some of those scores, some of the highlight games that you saw yesterday. Uh, what comes to mind for you? <laughs> Welcome back to the fray, SIAC. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you are back into the game we know we call us football. Um, I would like uh, CB looking at that uh, – Looking at the Miles Southern game, it was 17-13 at half. Yeah. Question for you. Pop quiz. Who played quarterback for Southern? That's a million-dollar question. I mean, I was waiting to hear from BJ this morning. I, I need BJ to call in. Because I, <laughs> I was looking at the stats, and it, it's, you know, it kind of threw me off a little bit because I was I saw. You, you asked, and here he comes. Here he comes, yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I need to. I, 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 saw I know very little about this. I know very little about, you know, Clinton McDaniel, but I was surprised to see that. So um, interesting. Um, so I, I think it was it was tit for tat. It was 17-13 at the half. So Miles played Southern very close at the first half of the game, but uh, Southern pulled it out. I, these, these SIEC SWAT games can be like, you know, you can be like, whoo, good Lord. Let me, let me, let me take a drink or something. Uh, the other thing, <laughs> kudos to Alcorn State. You know, uh, that was a big win. Yeah, big win. Ladarius Skelton, thirteen, what twenty? Yeah, thirteen or twenty-three, two hundred some yards. Felix Harper, yeah, not Ladarius. I'm sorry, um, Felix Harper. Sorry, um, but man, kudos to them on a big win. That looks good for the swag. Um, if if you look at it in the long run, so. A um, couple of big games, you know, we where to me the SWAC and the MEAC had to take a loss playing FBS, FCS teams. Um, you kind of scratch your head as, as, as to some of those games. But all in all, great weekend. Hats off to Tennessee State. I know we'll talk. I mean, uh, to uh, not to Tennessee State. I, I see Charles, his eyebrow looking at Hats off to Jackson State. <laughs> I know we'll talk a little bit more about that. So I won't I won't spend any words on that. <laughs> and uh, woe, you know, woe to the Panthers and the 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 Tigers or TSU and their matchups this weekend. Just a couple of big losses. So big win, uh, a few big wins, and a lot of big losses. That's the way I sum it up. Let me see if I can uh, sneak BJ Jones in here for his comments in terms of overall. We just ran down the scores of the weekend for HBC games, starting with those games on Thursday. I know he's um, on the move, so we'll see if he wants to get a word or two in here. If not, we'll bring him in after the break. BJ yes, Jones, do you have a couple of thoughts in terms of some of the game scores? Anything stand out to you this weekend? Um, well, we're starting off the the week Thursday. Uh, the way that Benedict was so impressive with that win Ooh. over Edward Waters, uh, and and they played well in every you know category, offensively, defensively, and, and special teams. Really looking forward next week. No, we're not looking ahead yet. Next week, Benedict, Savannah State. I think that could be a good one. No, you know I was going to tease that out on it. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to tease in because it's starting to get interesting as we start yeah. to see, as Mike says, a little more of those data points. We get to the mm-hmm. big three. Uh, we get a couple of crucial conference games early on the docket that, you know, can give some definitive answers one way or the other. So I agree with you when you talk about uh, – won some games in terms of what somebody did this weekend, in this case, Benedict dominating competition and what it may roll into next week. Uh, Cause uh, the next three, two or three weeks, we should find some real data points to kind of get some indication. With that oh. being said, I got my cigar up here and I'm saying it like this for everybody, including BJ Jones, as he's calling in as he's on the move. I got my cigar up here and I just wanted to say, Congratulations to Charles. Congratulations to B.J. Jones. I know he don't get excited to beat a Division II team, but, you know, that's what we do. And congratulations to all the lab listeners out there uh, that got the victory and like to celebrate their victory with a nice cigar. So I got mine. It got 1876, and Mike would realize that's the founding date of Prairie View A&M University, but I can't smoke for Prairie View after this weekend because they actually got smoke. But with that being said... Instead of me being the smoker, they got smoke. As you see this information up here, new sponsor for us, uh, just want to say, go to uh, Slow Burn. 
That is www.slowburnwaco.com. From novices to officiato, find your yourself right here in terms of slow burn for a good smoke. They'll get it done for you. That's high quality cigars plus personal customer service. www.slowburnwaco.com. And for even more of a thought, uh, slow burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment, an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality, an elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's perfect escape and meeting place, a space where you can relax, enjoy a shared passion. However, as you have your slow burn plan, your next big event, or before you're planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop your collection. You hear that, Charles? www.slowburnwaco.com. So, you know, Charles seems like he's going to think he's going to be doing a lot of selections. We'll give you more on that, but you can actually go to the website and talk to them about mobile cigars. You can order your stuff directly, but if you want the mobile cigar lounge, which we might have to think about for homecoming, that's if we have it, because we see a lot of these cancellations. Uh, but that'll do it for the first quarter. We'll get back into it. Stick with us, uh, lab listeners. Appreciate you joining us this morning. We're excited. It's week two, and we're finding out more data points. And we're going to give it to you and give some analysis as we take a deeper dive in some of those games we said you needed to keep your eye on this week. We'll let you know what we thought on those matches, what happened, why it happened, or oh, maybe not. But anyway, stick with us. We'll be right back after this quick break. Yeah. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. This is Dr. Bill inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. They are on the move, on the road in terms of Charles and B.J. Jones has joined us as he always does on Sunday morning. We also have A.D. Drew, so we can get him right quick into this break. Any general thoughts you had in terms of the weekend scores? Anything stand out for you? I see the family rallies jump back. Tuskegee is still struggling a little bit. Look, fam, you scared the crap out of me. Game was still competitive at halftime. I believe it was 7-7 seven, seven at the half? Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, so, fam, you scared the crap out of me. And, and we all Everybody said Fort Valley was going to come in and give fam you a scare, and if fam let them hang around, it was it was, it was going to be a ball game. Thank God Coach Simmons made whatever adjustments he made at halftime and went on here and put that uh that to bed, as they say. <laughs> Took Tuskegee no. seven and a half quarters to finally get a touchdown on the season. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I I can't can't say anything more with that. And they they take on Edward Waters on next week. One or two things is gonna happen in that Edward Waters game. And I'm 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 voting, I'm I'm leaning towards number two. You're gonna finally see these two offenses explode, which I don't think so because the, the Tuskegee defense has actually been playing good all season. The offense has just put them in such bad spots. They give it up all they've given up all those points. I didn't see well, Everett Waters looked good against Florida Memorial defensively, but that was NAIA Florida Memorial. Benedict, di- different story. So maybe that's what it's gonna be to uh correct the uh, ship, and that's 
that's important because that's that's their first conference win for somebody, and they'll be able to dis, uh, distinguish themselves. I was at the Savannah Livingstone game, and after a kind of a blah first quarter, Livingstone made a couple of mistakes. Both teams were making mistakes, but finally in the second quarter, Savannah took advantage of those mistakes, up 27-0 at the half to go on and finally win that game 50-6 to with a uh, what I call a garbage-time touchdown by Livingstone at, at the end of that game. So, uh, like like I said, CIAA still, still think that it's 2020 and that they are not playing <laughs> when it comes to top, uh, non-conference football. Whereas the SIAC woke up and looked at the calendar and realized, hey, we playing ball again. And this SIAC race is going to be interesting. Benedict's trending. Albany's trending. Fort Valley, even though they're one and one, is, is trending in the right direction. So, and, and of course, Savannah State, you know, nobody put Benedict into the equation when they were talking about SIAC East this, this uh, season. So and we'll get, it's we'll going to be interesting that Benedict takes on Savannah this Saturday. Right. We'll get the quick data point on that one because they got that head matchup in week three that uh, B.J. Jones kind of sneezed out there as well. Um, with that, I saw B.J. Jones, I saw your quote of the day on Facebook. Reggie Ruffin is a hell of a coach, one of the best doing it right now. If we are being honest, I think some of that came across in terms of what you saw last night in terms of keeping an eye over there in Southern. Give us some ideas. Mike asked about the quarterback play, new quarterback in there. Give us some thoughts in terms of what happened before we get into this uh, HBCU Classic Major Division game of the week. Give us some thoughts in terms of what went down there on the bluff. Well, the, the biggest thing that I was um, trying to catch as much of it, uh, really in the second half, I caught a lot of it on my iPad. Um, I, you know, I left field level um, after halftime, went up to the press box. And, and this is the thing about Rachel Ruffin's football teams. And, and this has been the staple since he's been at Miles College. They play extremely hard. They are disciplined. They make you beat them. They're not really going to turn the ball over and, and, and give you anything. And yesterday we saw Miles uh, come in um and that Southern defensive line, Miles handled them. They ran the ball at will. They were able to pass the football. Uh, and, and they kept Southern, you know, kind of off kilter offensively uh, for that, you know, that, for that first half. Uh, and you look at that game plan when Jordan Lewis was in the ball game. You know, we're going to pull and we're going to run at him. We're going to send guards at him. I'm going to send double teams. Uh, they, they made some um, – Ama- that was an amazing game plan. So, shout out to Reggie Ruff and Clint Smith, the new offensive coordinator at Miles College. Clint Smith has won a couple of state championships at the high school level in the state of Alabama. Uh, this is his first year as a collegiate coach. Uh, and he didn't look like it, uh, you know, last night. Uh, he's produced some, some great players. Ryan Nettles uh, came from up under Clint Smith. Uh, he, he's produced some talent. Uh, he's showing that he's you know, getting his feet wet at the college level, he looks good doing it. So, Reggie Ruffin, if you look at what Miles College was before he arrived and where Miles College is now, it is night and day different uh, from each other. Point well made. I appreciate that breakdown. A lot of good stuff in there. Lab listeners, shout out to Reggie Watson, CIAA in the house, Jalen Riley, Quentin Henry. Um, Reggie, you need to talk to your CIAA folks. I know you're saying, hey, man, Bowie State did what they supposed to do. I'm just talking about some of those SIEC CIAA matchups that AD Drew says, man. It looks like they still in 2020 or 2019. One of them. Michael B. Jones, big win for the Braves in the swag. No doubt about it. Dwight Moore says slow burn. And he has, especially what I like, he has his little glass of, of, of fine spirits with a little cloud of smoke. Yes. Congratulations to VEU Ben Wallace, NBA Hall of Fame. Great point, Reggie. Glad you got that in there. He said great win to JSU. Uh, Jay Walker What's good, people. Jay Walker's changed career paths, and he's getting it done. I see him everywhere calling matchups. Keep bringing it to it. Looking forward to the SSU Savannah State Benedict game next week. I know you are. We are, too. Jimmy Wilson says we got the brakes beat off of. 
I think he's talking about Prairie View. Yeah, Charles Bishop, you okay? Good morning, fellas. Well, you know, he had his cigar, so he's fine. George Suggs is in the house, Jalen Riley. George Suggs giving the business, representing for the Aggies. As well as South Carolina State as he coached hey, over there for a while. Hey, Doc, can I ask said, DJ a question right quick? Well, let me let me get in here. Let me get right. to Charles because he's on the move. So, Charles, break down that uh, Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium matchup, Southern Heritage Classic. Number three, Jackson State, goes to 2-0. Still 1-0 in the conference as they defeat the rival, big rivalry matchup, Tennessee State, that goes falls to 0-2. Losses to two SWAC teams, Grambling and then Jackson State. Tell me, what are your thoughts in terms of that game? What did you see in that? Well, let me start off by saying it was a tremendous crowd. Uh, you had about 47,000 uh, fans uh, at the Liberty Bowl, uh, just a tremendous crowd. It looked like a, a, a typical old Southern Heritage uh, classic uh, atmosphere with the, the tailgating and all. I mean, it just really reminded you of what football is supposed to look like. Uh, one thing I'll start off with, and this is just talking to a coach yesterday, uh, here's he says this is why Jackson State fans should really really be excited. Uh, that that defense is built for speed. Uh, it's built to deal with these spread offenses. Tennessee State is the antithesis of that. They are a downfield running a football team. They put a hat on a hat, not a really a zone blocking team. And Jackson State was able to handle that. So uh, and once they took away the run and made uh, Tennessee State. Uh, one-dimensional in terms of trying to throw the ball, they play right into the heat. So that is why, number one, Jackson State fans should be really excited. Number two, the second part why Jackson State fans should really be excited and why uh, fans of uh, – thank you, appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I ain't say that. Uh, one, another reason why people should really be excited. All of that, He did uh, yeah. He's going, Exactly. Yeah, all right. <laughs> From week to week. Shadur Sanders is getting even more settled and getting more comfortable working in the pocket. Uh, yesterday, 30 of 40, 362 yards, three touchdowns, hadn't thrown a pick yet. He's still a freshman. So, you know, um, uh, you're going to get, you know, those freshman hiccups with him. I got a TSU alum passing by now. She's like, ah, cut it off. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, you're going to have some freshman hiccups with him, but he's just getting more and more comfortable uh, in terms of, uh, what he's doing back there in the pocket, and he can really couple the ball around. I think he completed passes to seven different receivers yesterday. And it's as simple as he's just taking what the defenses are giving, and he's not, uh, you know, making those freshman mistakes downfields. And, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I counted about uh, six passes, you know, swing passes out of backfields, you know, checkdowns. But he's, he's just managing the game in a way uh, that really is – helping Jackson State offensively. You know, they really got on track in the second half. And to, to a man, I have to say, nobody doubted anything with regards to what they were doing offensively. They knew at any point in time it was going to start clicking. They, they knew they were just, you know, uh, uh, a first down away, a click away, things of that nature. But uh, once it started humming, it started humming. Yeah, uh, I don't know about you, BJ. I know BJ is smooth and cool with it. But, Mike, I'm officially uh, nervous. <laughs> Officially nervous now. You might feel a little different as well as BJ Jones. Uh, AD Drew got to see it firsthand. He tried to tell us as well. But, Mike, what are your thoughts of the Southern Heritage Classic? Well, if you're the rest of the swag, like Prairie View, I'm nervous as hell, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not, to be honest, <laughs> like I'm like, man, <laughs> the, the kid, uh, I think you said it, uh, Shadur Sanders. I mean, I saw the second half as I was on the road and he looked comfortable. I mean, he, his decision-making, his, his ball release, getting the ball out of his hand to the receiver. They looked like they were there on the same page. They looked like a symphony. Um, I guess the one question I'll put on the table, if there's any kink in the armor, uh, you had Peyton Pickett with 54 yards um, on the ground. He's, you know, you got one back featured offense is there any concern uh, from what you're hearing, CB, or is it because he also caught passes coming out of the backfield, so maybe they had the swing passes, which is an extended handoff, kind of. Is that yeah. the offense they're moving forward with? Yeah, I mean, I think, 
you know, they're very comfortable with the running game. Um, I, actually, I was surprised when I saw the rushing yards because I thought Peyton had a few more rushing yards. But uh, the reality of it is those those little swing passes are de facto handoffs, you know. Yep. And that both running backs that they have are capable of uh, taking those swing passes and really getting up field and, and, and keeping them staying ahead of the chain. So uh, Santi Marshall uh, is another one. He didn't get a lot of run last night against Tennessee State. It was mostly Peyton Pickett. Uh, banging the ball in between the tackles, but it set up the play action. It set up the passing game perfectly. And uh, like I said, they, they were able to really get on track in the uh, second half of that ball game. And once that offense started humming, oh, my goodness, it, like you said, it was uh, like a symphony. And they have receivers who can get downfield and are tremendously athletic. Uh, we saw a couple of uh, uh, back shoulder fades yesterday where a receiver yep. went up and got the ball. So, you know, those, those sorts of things, receivers can help a quarterback. And uh, I tell you what, <laughs> uh, right now, I, it, it, I had an old, old school Jackson State uh, football player tell me, he's like, now this is what it's supposed to look like. This, now, and this their, commitment, like a- their commitment to stopping a run, it basically just extended from their contest against FAMU. They held FAMU to what, two, three yards per rush? Last, last night, they held Tennessee State to 1.7 yards per rush. So it's obvious commitment to stopping the run is just getting better and better. That's why the rest of the swag, please take notice. I know it was, uh, they had a new guy uh, who really was in the rotation yesterday who really was uh, doing a bang up job in terms of stopping the run. Katron Evans, uh, the transfer from uh, Tennessee. Uh, was really plugging things up, but uh, let me let me talk real quickly about James Houston. Uh, he was a converted linebacker defensive end, and he absolutely wrecked havoc last night uh, in Tennessee State's backfield. Uh, he was not only did he have four and a half sacks, but he had ten tackles, and, and that goes along also with Aubrey Miller, who had ten tackles yesterday. Jackson State's linebackers uh, of now look like those linebackers of the eighties, nineties that we all kind of. Grew up watching those fast, athletic guys who can really fly around all over the place, and they're hitting anything new, and they hit with some thumps. Just uh, Shiloh Sanders had another thump, thump tackle last night. So right. you know, it, it's 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 fun to watch. I can't mm-hmm. lie. It's really fun to watch. This is Doctor Bill's inside. We'll sneak over because I want to get BJ and AD out on that, and he had a question he wanted to ask for AD. So we're gonna sneak this over into the second half as we get into the third quarter. We don't have much to say about Prairie View and in uh, corner word just because what happened there. So we can bleed this analysis of the Southern Heritage Classic into the third. So stick with us. We'll be right back after this quick break. Can you say AWFO? It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's it's the pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready, because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. True Black Essentials is a retail opportunity to bring black businesses under one roof where every product on every shelf and every aisle will be black owned and black produced by people all over the world. Statistics show that the $1.3 trillion of spending power that we have as black people can easily be turned into each black person having $2 million if we were to shop black for two years. So True Black Essentials will launch an e-commerce store on November 1st, 2020, but we will open up brick and mortar stores in Atlanta, New Orleans, Charlotte, Houston, and Jacksonville with the very first store opening in Atlanta, June 19th, 2021. could be ran here myjbn.com backslash support myjbn.com backslash support for more information Dr. Ville's inside the HBC Sports Lab thanks for all the lab listeners sticking with us as you get into it great comments going down there y'all got me rolling uh, we in the house uh, Ricky Burton's in here 
William E. Davis, Preston Gooden, uh, James Walter Hill Jr. in the house. Willie Bowden giving us some love and shout out. With that being said, let me check it and go to uh, A.D. Drew. You had some comments or your question. Go ahead and ask your question of B.J. Jones. I'm going to give my comment first, then I'm going to come to B.J. with a question. Uh, I, I got a chance to watch the second half of the uh, Southern Heritage Classic when I got home on yesterday. And, fellas, when is the last time where Shadua Sanders is looking just like the four-star that they said he was coming into Jackson State for a true freshman? Yeah, he's looking like a five-star right now. Yeah, to start two games – and has not thrown a pick as of yet. That's, ooh, that's, that's saying something. And for a true freshman in game number two to get subbed out in the fourth quarter because your team is winning at, at that level is saying something. Hey, the only wait, thing wait. that was disappointing <laughs> with, with the game was the garbage touchdown that Jackson State defense gave up when, on the mental laps uh, when, when obviously it looked like some other players were playing and there was a mental lapse at the end of the game. All, all I really heard was that he ain't really a true four-star. You know how I'm a four-star because of that. Oh, well, now, now he's looking like a four-star. Mm, no, okay. let's, let's be real. He, didn't, right, he, did, he did not look like that four-star against FAMU. <laughs> Oh, okay. He didn't look like a four-star against Fairview, but against Tennessee State, he looked like a seven-star. Still got the seven-star corn. You know, slow your roll. Just take it all in. Just take it all in. I think I hear a Mike Jones song coming off. Now, speaking of Joneses, I need to ask our Jones, BJ Jones, a question. And this is about this is about your favorite coach, Reginald Ruffin, BJ. Okay. We've, seen, we've seen his audition against Alabama State. We've seen his audition against Southern. I'm not wishing bad on either one of those two coaches at those two schools, but I would not be doing my job if I don't ask this question. Which one of those would be the best job for a Reginald Ruffin? And which one of those schools is more likely to go after him first? Um, I'm going to be honest with you, probably Alabama State, and this is why. There are reasons for it. Um, you know, Reggie Ruffin is an Alabama guy, uh, played at the University of North Alabama, um, you know, coached at Tuskegee for a while. Um, you know, his roots are in, in Alabama. Um, tragically, he lost his wife a couple of years ago. Uh, to, to uh, cancer and the community where he is has really stepped up uh, and, and really helped him because he has a young son mm. uh, and, and, that, and that community has really stepped up, which has made him hesitant, you know, to leave uh, uh, Miles College. Uh, but he's an Alabama guy. If I, if I had to give anyone the, the, the leg up, if, you know, if there was a Reggie Ruffin 500 race, uh, it would be Alabama State. Uh, because it's all right there. Uh, he, he would stay in, in the state of Alabama. He knows the state of Alabama, uh, has a great uh, relationship with the high school coaches uh, in, in the state. Um, but as far as the programs, the program that he would be best at would be whichever one that he ends up going to. Reggie Ruffin, Ruffin steps into a program and immediately makes your program better. We talk about Miles College. Prior to Miles, prior to Reggie Ruffin getting to Miles College, you know how many winning seasons Miles College had had in forty years? I mean, five, five. Wow! In forty years, all right, they had not won a conference title. Uh, I, I don't, I don't. It, it was, it was so far back. I don't even think they were even counting it. <laughs> look at what, look at where Miles is today, compared to where he was when he first got there. Uh, he is a uh, uh, he is a program builder, and I understand a lot of people um, were were like, oh, "Well, he's doing it at the Division Two level." Well, he's doing it at the SIAC. I can tell you this: he walked into Montgomery, and he walked into Baton Rouge, and he might not have the X's and O's and the Jimmy and Joes that Alabama State and Southern had, but 
You know, he had those Mike and Ikes playing at the level of some Jimmys and Joes. And they played above their head. They played discipline. And you had to beat them. They weren't going to hand you anything. So I, I think that's a testament of the kind of coach that he is and what he's done. And and and, and imagine what he could do with more resources uh, and the ability to, to, to come in and get some Division One talent. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Great points you make there. And uh, as I would say, he made sure that they knew his presence was known when he walked in those two uh, stadiums. So point on. Let me jump in there, and I want to follow up because you were down in Memphis, uh, as you said, you were on the field and then yes, went up to the booth. So, what are your thoughts? You're from the outside in, obviously, uh, and you're the HBCU football analyst in so many different ways. What did you make of that contest? Uh, the biggest thing is uh, the type of uh, swagger that Jackson State plays with. Uh, and before we get there, even just the atmosphere of the Southern Heritage Classic. Um, you know, it, it, this felt like the, the first big time classic of the year. Like we know the the big time classics, and no disrespect to the Orange Blossom, but this one right here felt like like one of the big times. You know, big time. The crowd was into it. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, and, and this is something that jumps out out of if Charles caught this one or not when they were reading the scores, and uh, Southern was down, and Alcorn was down. And the cheers that that are erupted, yeah. uh, man, and, and, and that was just something that just made you know the atmosphere just that much better. Uh, and this is something that I remember about that ball game. I was in the first quarter. I don't remember it was the the second or third drive. Shadur Sanders took a shot. Mm-hmm. Offensive line helped him up. He got up and he kept rolling. And I walked mm-hmm. away from that game impressed with him. He does not play like a freshman. He does not have the composure uh, of a freshman. He has the total command of that offense. And, man, you just see him yesterday, 30, I mean, uh, 30 or 40, you know, well over 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, It was poetry in motion. And then defensively, uh, what Shiloh Sanders brings on the back end, when he comes up with authority, uh, those linebackers as as Charles – uh, mentioned, and then that pass rush. Uh, Jackson State looked solid uh, yesterday. Uh, I'm, and I'm talking about solid. Uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see where they go over the next couple of weeks. And and as far as Tennessee State, I don't, I don't know if, if if offensively they know what they are yet. Uh, you know, Hickbottom didn't play bad. Uh, but it seems like it's, it's between eight and Hickbottom. Eight provides a little bit more athleticism. Uh, but you know, Hickbottom, he didn't, while he didn't do anything bad, he didn't do anything to really to catch your eye either. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see, uh, where Tennessee State goes. But the biggest thing is number three from Tennessee State did not have a typical game. And that's because of that Jackson State defense. And this defense is starting to look like the dark side, uh, of years ago. I know that, you know, that, that those dark side defenses with this, this defense here, they call themselves the dark side. They, 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 they earned that, that, that title. Uh, that's what they're starting to look like. But I just like the swagger, the uniforms yesterday, man. I, I like those. Uh, I even like the travel suits yesterday, man. Jackson State just had some swagger yesterday. And, you know, uh, shout out to them. You know, it almost you know, looks like, it almost looked like Tennessee State is using these games as a preseason, like you do in the NFL, to get ready for the OBC season, the way they're playing so many players, so many quarterbacks, so many running backs. Almost like you're getting preseason reps to prepare them for the OBC uh, schedule. Well, you know – Great I, point I think, you make there, A.D. Charles. You want to jump in there and say something? Yeah, let me, let me follow up on um, something B.J. was saying. Uh, and I think A.D. George touched on it in the post-game presser. Um, he kind of sees this, this Tennessee State squad where Jackson State was in the spring. You know, he's still in the process of learning who can – doing uh, who can do what uh, uh, still kind of learning uh, this team learning their roles learning who can do what so it, it's still sort of an, an evaluation thing with Tennessee State uh, and and he compared it very much to what Jackson State went to went through this past spring uh, and he said you know it's, it's going to take some time he's got to get you know players in there that, uh, that fits what he really wants to do but uh, I, I think you know, we were kind of saying this back with Jackson State back in the spring. Uh, but now, uh, you know, I think one of the things, you know, I, I constantly kind of keep harping on, they were pointing 
toward the fall. They were pointing toward the fall, pointing toward the fall. And now we're starting to see it manifest itself a little bit here uh, with Jackson State uh, in terms of the way they're going out playing. Uh, and to touch on it, they are playing with a tremendous amount of swagger. Uh, like I said, they made some schematic adjustments at halftime uh, yesterday where uh, they felt, you know, to feel even more comfortable in the pocket, and it really paid off. I want I want to I want to switch gears a little bit uh, to your point there. The only problem you have with Tennessee State and Coach Eddie George is the teams that they're playing. They're not playing this as uh, adjustment uh, period. So right. that, that only works so much. Right. <laughs> and I'm not sure the fans want to hear that either. Nah, they don't. Uh, Mike, let me get you in here to get a little reference point. What were your overall thoughts before we go in this break? Uh, quickly, if you would, on the uh, incarnate word, um, demolishing prayer of you. So many different ways. Jumped on him really early, and what, really what, wouldn't what, let up. <laughs> what was that? Rocky was facing uh, Club Lang and uh, Rocky Three. <laughs> One word: pain. <laughs> 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 yeah, I thought you gonna use the other line we talked. Throw in the towel. Throw in the towel. <laughs> Throw in the towel. That too. Uh, really, uh, not really impressive on uh, either side of the ball, unfortunately. So, if, I mean, if you look at it, you know, I don't think I don't think Prairie View got over, you know, they did get 327 yards, but it was it was a rough 327 yards. Um, Jawan Pass, you know, he played okay. He did not look as comfortable as he did the week before. They did bring in Trazon Connolly, but it was nothing of any kind of avail. So, unfortunately, uh, Incarnate Word just – ran the ball down uh, Prairie View's throat and passed it, uh, 217 yards passing, um, and spread out over, I think, us uh, seven, eight, nine receivers. I think they were calling people out the stands to go catch passes. That, that's, I don't know what happened to the cornerbacks at Prairie View, and that was, that was a big issue last night as well. So, Yeah, it'll be interesting as we move forward. Incarnate Word put up a lot of points in their first game. They lost a, a close one in overtime. So we'll get an indication yeah. as we continue to add these data points, how yep. much of this is Prairie how much was this incarnate word. Yeah. Let it's, me throw out one, a plug in terms of the uh, George, Georgetown Hoya game that was the, that defeated number 10 Delaware State uh, last weekend in my ranking. That went into overtime. Delaware State just shot themselves in the foot. They played all over the game, had so many opportunities. They literally let Georgetown score on two big plays right before the half. They gave them some momentum. Uh, Georgetown came back in the third, scored again, tied the game with 14-14. The, uh, Delaware State was driving, got a big stop, uh, got a missed field goal. They were driving, and then they would get a holding penalty. They would, they would get a false start penalty. I mean, they just did everything in that to put themselves in a position to literally lose their game. So it's just an HBCU fan. It's one thing to see your team just get beat up by another team and you're like, ah, we got work to do. But when you let a game get away that you could have won, to me, I was even more frustrated to see what Delaware State did with Georgetown. They had every reason to win the game, but wasn't to be as MEAC uh, loses one to the Patriot League. We'll take our last break in terms of our timeout as we get back and go into the fourth quarter when we come back. We'll talk about number nine, Alcorn State Braves defeating Northwestern State, uh, the second uh, SWAT versus Southland contest. We'll get everybody's thoughts on that. Big win. Alcorn State looks like they're back in the football business uh, after week number two. We'll see what people think. Stick with us. This is inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We'll be right back after this break. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. An hour, please. One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get an hour bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Got it.
It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, and VJ Jones, as well as AD Drew. Giving us a Sunday recap. Mike had to jump back off as he's going into uh, some other business as well. I told you we got these folks on the move, but we still got you heart and heavy. We're going to get some breakdown into that game that was at Jack Spink Stadium in Loma, Mississippi. That is number nine, Alcorn State Braves, moved to one and one on the season after defeating Northwestern State. Uh, 13-10, a big, nice 90-plus yard drive to essentially uh, uh, last couple of drives of the game. Big one. They get it done, take the lead, and then they hold out Northwestern State in terms of that. Uh, let me go to B.J. Jones and see his thoughts on this in terms of this matchup and win. Hey, I, I told people two weeks ago, um, everybody, you know, after the loss to North Carolina Central, uh, everybody kind of just want to write off going off. And I'm just like, hey, man, this is a long season. Uh, <laughs> like, we, we we don't know who's who and what is what yet. Just 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 relax. Um, and and Alcorn played a lot better on uh, yesterday. Um, I was glad to see them get the win. I, I thought that uh, talking about this yesterday with Carlos Brown, uh, as a conference, the swag, we need these. Um, yeah. You know, I I made the comment last week, and I'll make it again. You know, when we when us as a conference, we went in and we added Florida A and M, I added Bethune Cookman. You start hearing a lot of chirping about this is a super conference, uh, and I said this: a super conference means that you're stepping outside of the non-conference and you're winning and you're dominating, not just because you have a lot of teams. Uh, and, and if if as a conference, if we don't step outside the conference and win these games. We, we don't have a super conference. What we have is a large footprint and a lot of teams. And I, and I thought that this was a important <laughs> matchup for the conference, uh, you know, to get this win. Uh, and we got another another few against the Southland on next week. But I, I was impressed with Alcorn. Glad to see them get the win at home. Um, and, and they really need this before they tra- travel to South Alabama and then jump at the conference play uh, on a Thursday uh, to go to Arkansas Pine Bluff. Yeah, it's getting interesting as you kind of move towards some of these uh, key matchups. Um, we'll get a chance. We got one coming up next week. Alabama and them travels to Bethune-Cookman. And while Bethune-Cookman is 0-2, they've looked pretty good as they played FBS teams. They've been right in the mix. So uh, it's going to get interesting pretty fast here, if you would. I mean, we kick things off the Jackson State fam even. I mean, how much more interest can you get, obviously, you had the traditional Prairie View and Texas Southern game, so you hit the ground running. Let me go to you, A.D. Drew, to see your thoughts in terms of uh, what took place in Loma, Mississippi. I'm just, I'm just happy that we got, like we just said, that non-conference win. That was the only non-conference FCS non-HBCU win I did tally uh, when you was reading the scores, and I have us going one and one and fourteen against non HBCUs on this past weekend, and on the Division Two level, we were three and eight against non HBC non HBCU competition. So that that one and those three are important. Swack, you know, I, and I haven't had a chance to look this up. When is the last time the Swack beat a non-HBCU team out of conference? It's been a while. It's It's been a while. I want to say maybe 2018, possibly even 2017, since a Swack team has stepped out of the conference and beaten a non, another non-HBCU team. SIAC, Looks like they're a a conference that can compete out uh, against against some of the quote unquote 
traditional schools. So these are these are going to be important, especially if you're talking potential playoffs for your second place team in the uh, SWAC or the MIAC, and for the SIAC and CIAA, ensuring that they get into the playoffs. Uh, I tell you what, Dr. Villa, uh, when you go with yeah, when you take a look at this Alcorn game, uh, tremendous, tremendous bounce back of Alcorn uh, from uh, North Carolina Central. And to get it in the manner that they did to show championship medal, uh, 10 points in the fourth quarter, uh, and, and being able to get this win. And I think, Dr. Bill, you've talked about uh, out-of-conference wins, but also trophy games. Uh, they mean something. Uh, anytime you take some hardware back to the school. Uh, so kudos to Alcorn uh, getting that huge win. Anytime you, you get these wins, especially these teams within your geographic footprint, these are huge wins. So uh, take your hat off to all for them. You know, you can uh, a win a, a lineman or win a, a skill player or win something from Northwestern State or any of these South Great points made by all. Um, want to give a little love to Langston Lions, number one in my mid-major poll. I know a lot of people living at Bowie State, they bounce back. Credit to them in terms of non-conference win. Langston gets it done against Texas College, but they did what they're supposed to against a team um, that they should dominate. They dominated them, 44-6. to six. Uh, They continue to win over there, Langston Lions, Oklahoma. That's another coach that you may want to keep your eyes on. Um, obviously, Rev, uh, Reggie Ruffin is certainly deserving, uh, but Morgan over there, he, uh, very well said there in terms of what he gets done. Uh, Wingate destroys Fayetteville State, game we told you to keep on, and Lane uh, is creating uh, that they bounced back and gave a loss to number 10 at the time, Clark Atlanta Panthers. What I want to do now is quickly go around and uh, tell me a game or two that you have your eyes on this coming up week as we get into the mix. Let me go to you, B.J. Jones. What is your game to keep your eye on? Game or two, if you would, to keep your eye on in week number three. At the Division Two level, it is uh, Savannah State and uh, Benedict. Um, I think that this will say a lot about uh, the power in the Eastern Division of SIAC uh, th th this upcoming weekend, and in the um, with the, uh, the the Division One level, it would be Alabama A and M uh, taking the trip to Daytona Thursday night um, against Bethune Cookman. Um, I, I think that, you know, this is a, uh, a key matchup, uh, in the, not only in the conference, but in the division. And uh, Bethune-Cookman has been one of those teams that we just hadn't talked about a lot. Uh, you know, people have forgotten about Bethune-Cookman, and, 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 and they felt like they were a tad bit disrespected. Well, they get Alabama A&M uh, on the big stage um, <laughs> Thursday night, um, and, and they'll have an opportunity uh, to, to, to make a statement. Uh, so those are um, – Two of the games that I'll, I'll my, two of the games I'm looking forward at, game of the weeks, if you will, um, at both both divisions. Great ones to keep your eyes on. AD Drew, any thoughts in terms of games of the week? Any additional games you have, or are you in agreement with BJ Jones? Well, I could I concur with the uh, the Benedict Savannah State going 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 to be a big game. On a personal level, I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm, obviously, I'm looking at the Tuskegee and uh, Ever Waters game because who who the thunk that the Tuskegee brand, the Tuskegee name, would be possibly looking at an zero and three start? You know, yeah. the, pro the program that's looking for to get victory number seven hundred on uh, during this season. They may go 0 for September, and I even get to number 700, only needing four victories on the season to get to victory number uh, victory number 700 on, on the season. So th those are uh, two games at the uh, lower levels that I am de uh, definitely looking at, and a Division II FCS, Kentucky State, Tennessee State. Kentucky State dominated Central, just lost by the skin of their teeth on yeah. yesterday. Tennessee State trying to find an identity. A Kentucky State victory over Tennessee State once again Woo. puts the SIAC as that conference to talk about. And maybe the SIAC is the super conference we should be talking about, not the SWAC. 
Hey, oh, let me jump. Nice one, nice one, Charles. What do you got your eyes on? Yeah, let me jump in real quick because uh, I got to get out of here. Uh, Bethune Cookman and Alabama and Bethune Cookman just talked about the uh, disrespect since joining SWAC. You get a chance to prove it. I'm going to give you a, a, an outline that I don't think anybody's taking a look at. Jackson State, you yeah, Monroe actually will be a really good contest. I, I think uh, both in, in the coaches feel like they really, really match up with this FES team. So uh, that's going to be one that uh, I think uh, people should take a look at as well. Man, you talking about finding a way to drop a bomb. They find a way to get that done. Woo, boy, we, we'll never hear the end of it after that matchup. Fascinating. The ones that I say keep your eyes on, um, I know it's kind of outside of this. It becomes now a non-conference game with Hampton and Howard, the battle of the real HU. That's a classic. Um, teams may not be where you want them to be, but in terms of between those two teams, they're going to take it real serious. I do uh, interest in this Fort Valley State and Lane while everybody's talking about the other game, rightfully so, um, with uh, Savannah State and um, Benedict. Benedict, in terms of that matchup, I have my eyes on, on this one as well. Fort Valley and Fort Valley State and Lane, both teams, one and one. It'd be interesting to see what that looks like. Then there are a couple of non conference FCS games that uh, I think are important in terms of Arkansas Pine Bluff and Central Arkansas. Prairie View and Houston Baptist. The first one is on the road for Pine Bluff. Uh, Houston Baptist comes to Prairie View so that they're home. You also have McNeese going to Southern. That's a home contest. And then you have Mississippi State going on the road to Stephen F. Austin. Fascinating to see what that looks like in those matchups. So I'm very interested in that. Um, in terms of the SIAC non-conference matchup, that Albany State by Dosta State, I'm interested in those kind of matchups as well. When you say that uh, FBS, FCS, I think you're right, Charles, that Jackson State losing Monroe. I also have an eye over there on Alcorn State in South Alabama to kind of see what that looks like. So we have a lot of good matchups mixing in and out in terms of we can get some more data points, as we say. That'll do it for us as we'll get you into those games during out the week. Uh, we'll give you some updates. We'll reveal the polls, as you know. We'll get into some games on Thursday, some things to watch. But that'll do it for us today, and then we'll get you a wrap-up next Sunday as well. want to say thanks to the lab listeners as we bring it to your heart and heavy. Kudos to B.J. Jones as they're working overtime, as well as Charles Bishop getting it done on the road, and then our super producer, A.D. Drew, sticking with us. A shout-out to Mike Washington, making sure he can get in. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cabille, the dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the college HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, B.J. Jones, and A.D. Drew. Thank you for listening to Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Uh, again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Wise and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Follow all these gentlemen on all the social media platforms. We need the support. We live for the sport. Uh, the support. Uh, continue to make sure you check out their shows. BJ Jones on Wednesday, AD Drew, as they do it uh, throughout the week. Pre-game show, you see what they do in and out of the week, as well as following them on game day. You can't get better insight to any program in the country right now in terms of not just HBCUs, but generally. You're talking about changing the course of direction of what it means to be inside a program. We'll see how that continues to shake out. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 Facebook is on Inside the HBC Sports Lab on YouTube. The Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 is Twitter. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Soon, BJ Jones. Of course. Look at that. He got it. 82. Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do the lecture part if he did the course. There you go, Chalk. Dismissed. With that being said, Charles, have a safe trip, flight. BJ Jones, be safe on that road. We thank you. Love you. Kudos. Appreciate all the hard work that you're putting in for HBCUs. Until next time, this is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports. We're out. I'll holler. All right, y'all.